Welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. Get ready for it, y'all. My friend Katie Mongelli brings it today. Let me tell you, I had no idea the topics we were going to cover in this Mind Over Money episode with Katie, who happens to be a CPA, but more importantly, she'll, she's a self-described, not-so-good-at-numbers person, but she's brilliant at helping us women understand the lies that we face that interfere with our ability to manage and accumulate and use our money wisely. We talk about how we must collaborate and not abdicate when it comes to money. Ladies, we are called to task in this episode to take the reins of our lives, to hop in that driver's seat. We talk about a lot of things like our kids growing up and what society teaches them and whether or not are we really the only person accountable to us and what does that look like in our lives. We talk about mind work and action work. You are going to love this episode. Before we dive in, please remember, if you want a thriving thought delivered to your text messaging inbox straight from me to you three times a week, all you need to do is text the word THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, to the number 540-369-2139. Again, that's text THRIVE to 540-369-2139. And now, enjoy and be inspired and be encouraged with the truth spoken by my friend, Katie Mongelli. So it's interesting. I was thinking about the things that like I hate. And one of them is like telling me on my phone that I have potential spam. So if it's potential spam, don't let it go through. How about that? You know what I also hate is the, why don't you pop up that red button so I can decline that call? Right. It doesn't pop up any option. Here's the other thing. Oh my goodness. While we're on this. So, you know, when like, if you're using Word, Microsoft Word or anything like that, and it says program not responding, don't tell me that. (laughs) I already knew that when I was banging on it. Right. When I see the thing swirling, 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 don't tell me that. Just do something about it. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) How are you this morning, Katie? I am good. I'm so excited that we finally connected and I I appreciate your patience. I don't know. I'm not usually hard to pin down. I don't know what my deal is. No, you know, I, I think all of the time, like I really believe everything happens in its perfect timing. You know, I believe that too. So I'm so glad that you recognize that. I always just believe there's there's some reason that this has panned out this way, but. Right, right. And it's perfect timing. So let me ask you, like, what is going on? We're on like week six of lockdown. What's going on in Maryland? Well, I, well, I actually, I live in Northern Virginia. I live in Great Falls. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have an office in Maryland. I grew up there. Got it. Got it. But they're actually, so I have a staff member in Maryland and I have a house at Deep Creek Lake in Maryland. Oh, okay. They started like two weeks ago, a mandatory mask rule. And like, if you show up without it, you actually get kicked out of places. Um, Like they're just not just publicly shamed. You get kicked out. Yeah. I mean, there is like public shaming going on because you know there's yeah. like um, arrows in the aisles of the grocery stores, like <laughs> one way aisles, right? And if you're doing it wrong, it's like it reminds me of. Um, gosh, do you remember that old old movie, Mr. Mom? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so he like pulls up into the um, carpool thing, the carpool thing to get the kids, and the moms are like, "You're doing it wrong. You're doing <laughs> it wrong, right?" That's what it reminds me I of. I actually feel like that is such a good analogy. I think that carpool moms might be running coronavirus. <laughs> They're in charge of lockdown. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So how are you faring, Katie? You know, I mean, I let me just tell you, because this is who I am as a person, like, I got it. I'm like, whatever. I mean, I work from home all the time. This is so easy. I don't know. Like, come on, people. Just do your thing. Stay at home. Day 500 million. Oh, my God. Right. Can I just, like, go to the store? Can I just go for coffee? Like, I miss that. You know? (laughs) And I say the store because I hate grocery shopping. I've been, like, an online grocery shopper for, like, five years. because now you can't even get slots. Yeah. And so now I'm like, 
I would do anything. I'll do your grocery shopping. I'll go to the store for you because I just need an excuse to leave this house. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll t- my excuse, Katie, is my dogs. Like I take them out. I still go to the dog park. Mm. I still take them out for walks. Like I'm not, that's one thing I'm not um, staying away from. I walk my dog. That's it. So that's like my daily hobby is just walking yeah. the dog. Yeah. So why, Katie, because I saw on your website that your real name is Kara. So what's up with that? Yeah. So the story, as I know it, is (laughs) that my mom got pregnant and is like, oh, we're going to call her Katie. And my dad's like, like, really? We're going to call her Katie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Huh. What about like a full name or a middle name or like (laughs) a name? Nope. It's just Katie. Katie. And so my so my mom's like, you want to do something? You like, you do your thing. So my dad named me Kara and my mom called me Katie. And I have frequently thought about just changing my name to Katie. But um, I you're kind of emotionally attached to the story. But I've never a day in my life been called Kara, except, you know, like in a formal situation at a doctor's office when they call right. you, but like, right. no, I not even don't in school. even turn around. I was registered for school back in the day before they had computers and you filled out paperwork with pencils. Yeah. Um, I took my SATs as Katie. Oh. The first time I used my name was my college application. Cause you had to like type it and put your social security number on Did it. Did they like go back and say that wasn't you? That no. wasn't Kara? No, but uh, that was the <laughs> first time I used my name. And then after I graduated college, I applied to jobs and I was like, wait, who am I? How does this work? Because my transcript and my license says that, but like, I'm not. And yeah. they issued my email address at, you know, Kara at KPMG.com. And I was like, actually, can we change it? Cause I don't know who that is. And then every time someone emails me, I have to explain <laughs> the whole story about my right. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us, Katie, what's a day in the, in the life of you and your household look like? Oh, well. These days, these you days. You know, I, and I, again, just because, you know, it took me a little while to come back to reality um, during the <laughs> coronavirus. My daughter was actually homeschooled, online school. She went okay. to online school for a year and a half. Like prior to this. Prior to this, she went to school oh. for a year and a half. Middle of January, we transitioned her back to the local public school. And six weeks later, she's back home. Um, so she's oh been to six goodness. weeks of school. But That's so, a lot of transition. How old is she? She's 15. Aww. Yeah. And we're like kind of living. That's why it was like, it was like a whoo. What, right, right, right. Yeah. Time warp for us. Yeah. But um, so I'm very used to having everybody at home. And yeah. uh, I've been working from home full time for two years as opposed to okay. my office location. Uh, so our days are pretty quiet. You know, we yeah. get up. Everybody's doing their own and, thing. Yeah. Going to work and kind of everybody has their little office locale already yeah. set up. Right. And um, I spend the days in my office with my dog and my team and yeah. getting things getting things done, but it's pretty quiet. Yeah. You know, I am thinking about that. You and I are both, uh, both um, blessed with that luxury of um, having worked at home before, <laughs> you know, and so there's not a lot of adjustment there. I mean, this is what I do is I get on the computer and I stick on my headphones, except <laughs> if I don't want them over my hair to bend yeah. my hair like we talked about. But yeah. And um, so I think a lot of people, well, one, a lot of people are without work because yeah. they are in industries where there is no place to go to work because they're closed, right? Um, and a lot of people are overworked right now, thinking about our healthcare workers and first responders. And then there's people like us who it's kind of like, I don't know, do we, uh, this is a question for you, because I know we still have uh, challenges for sure, but is it a luxury to be able to say, well, you know, tomato, tomato, come what may, or is it that the come what may attitude came before and so it really did set us up to be able to adapt before we had to adapt? I think it's both. So yeah. I I have a deep level of gratitude yeah. that 
I can work from home. And I definitely see that as a bit of privilege. Yeah. I I am privileged. Agreed. To be able to work from home, to be able to run my business, which still feels an impact of this crisis and to be able to keep going. But I say both because um, I chose this career because of its stability. I became a CPA because Mm -hmm. it's a stable profession. I felt it was very safe. Um, Of course, I enjoy the work that I do, but I recognized Mm -hmm. the need in the world for this. Um, I also felt that it would be inherently flexible. Um, I didn't know when I graduated what flexibility would mean, but I felt that it would allow me to pause, to step out, to lean in, um, to be in a public firm, to be in a corporation, to be in a small town. Like I just felt like I was creating an opportunity that almost was timeless. When I started my own firm uh, 15 years ago, it was because I had a newborn baby and I wanted both. And so both has been a kind of a signature part of my life. Yeah. Why choose if we can have both? And yeah. so I started. Can I my- stop you for a sec? Can answer that question for us because you know we live in such a world of harsh judgment yeah. um, of women, and I I hate when I say this, but it's true. We're the worst offenders towards ourselves, right? And so we've got women judging women for having kids and working outside the home. And then we have women judging women for having kids and not working, but working inside the home, right? Working mom. Then we have women who judge women who don't have kids and choose to work. Like, so can you address that real quick from your perspective? I agree. And (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think we are the worst offenders. I think it's because when we, something makes us feel uncomfortable, we lean towards judging it rather than understanding it. And actually just this week, um, total ramble side note, I can't watch any movie, including like a Hallmark movie without Googling the end. Um, so like before you get to it, I cannot. Yeah. I cannot do it. You Um, like thrive on spoiler alerts. Oh my God. I won't open it if it doesn't say spoiler alert. Oh, you're Oh, wow. This is intriguing. It drives my family nuts because they just want me to enjoy. They're like, these people are not real. Right. They are not real. You are safe. Nothing is happening. Right. So I wrote, um, I'm a big fan of putting sticky notes, like as reminders to myself all over my computer and like my phone. And so the one I wrote this week says, have fun being curious. Oh, I like that. And I haven't Googled anything in a week. Are you, okay, are you having fun? Or is it like nails on a chalkboard? In between. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) But then I am having fun. Like, oh, that was fun. I did like that. That was uncomfortable, but it was fun. And I feel like that's also in terms of what we were talking about judging women. Like, can we have fun being curious? And I mean- Genuinely, genuinely curious yeah. about someone's yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What I love is that I'm going to do the, I, I have done the sticky note thing in the past, but I haven't done it on my computer, but I'm spending a lot more time on my computer these days. So that's a good idea. I have them other places. I actually write messages to myself in the um, steam on the oh, bathroom. Oh, I mirror. love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then I, then I like see it like a day later and I'm like, Ooh, I remember that. That's fun. <laughs> Um, but I, I need to go get, and then the other thing I do is I use the little kids, um, like, you know, the, um, they're like bath crayons. Oh yeah. Yeah. I use those in the shower. Oh and my I, God, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, and I don't even have kids, but yeah, I love it. It's like, if I could draw everywhere on the walls, I would. Um, anyway, what I love about that, have fun being curious is that it is a hybrid of truth and action. Mm. So it's like a challenge for you to say, oh, reminder, got to be curious. You know, what does that look like? What steps do I have to take? What what things do I not have to do? (laughs) Do I not have to Google the spoiler (laughs) alerts, right? But then the truth of how fun that is. 
Yeah, because I didn't just want to be curious because then I feel like it becomes like an investigative journalist, just like grilling people or um, it, it it doesn't come from that same softer yeah. surrendered place that Not, if I can surrender okay. to the curiosity versus I'm being curious and I am just grilling you. That's not really what I was going for. Right. That is not right. The, this, I like that. The soft, uh, sincere curiosity. Yeah. Of like, I really want to understand that. I think, you know, that we don't do that enough because I, I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we don't want to understand Mm-hmm. And again, I think that comes from like our judgment or our insecurity. Like, um, and actually I was listening to a Brene Brown interview and I'm apologize. I don't know who she was interviewing at this time, but uh, her guest was talking about how we can hold two truths that seem to compete with each other and they can still both be true. Okay. So I can think that uh, women should go to work and you can think that mom should stay from home and we can both be right. You mean, okay, so you don't mean one person holding two truths. You mean- One person can hold both truths because if I get curious about it, I can see why that might be true and why mine can be true too. They don't have to be, it doesn't make me wrong. Right. It doesn't make me wrong. Right. To accept both ideas. Yeah. And that both ideas can be right in the right circumstances for the right people at the right time. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, so the ultimate truth is the only person that you are accountable for is you. (laughs) Like That is shockingly hard to live though. Well, it is, but okay. All right. Let's, let's dive into it. Why do you think, I've got my own suppositions. Why do you think it's hard to live? Oh, why do I think it's hard to live uh, with that truth? Um, Because sometimes our actions, our inactions, our words, our existence impacts others in ways we don't intend it to. Yes. Oh, that's good. Okay. And it can... Unintended consequences of our choices. Yeah. And, Yeah. And especially when they impact people we love. Yeah. So we can be honoring what we feel is our truth and our purpose, and we can hurt people yeah. that we love. I think it's yeah. harder when it's someone we love. Yeah. Um, so for me, that can be that living my truth might actually hurt my daughter. Yeah. And I have to get comfortable with that. And how do I get right. comfortable that I can only control what's true for me? And yeah. that her experience, while so interconnected to mine, yeah. is separate. Is separate from hers. Yeah. And I not think, overtake responsibility for that. Right. That, you know, man, that's it. Is it's not about um it's not about living with reckless abandon or reckless disregard for the people in your life that you will impact because we do impact people. To me, it's about what do I need to do to make sure that the choices I'm making, the things that I'm saying, the things that I'm thinking are congruent with what I say I want? Yes. Right? Because that to me is like the ultimate model of inner peace. <laughs> like if that, if, if what I want, what I say I want and what I'm living out are matching, then that to me is the ultimate way of really helping other people impact other people. Right. But in the process of that, I shouldn't say, but, and have you ever read the Mm -hmm. book? Yes. And yeah. So, and, um, in the process, you have to also ask yourself, okay, what are the consequences of this, of my decision, of my choice? And not just what are the consequences and is that acceptable? Does that match what I want for myself and what I want for other people as I'm in this world serving other people? And if you can say yes to that, then you can accept the consequences. I always say, you are 100% competent and capable to make any decision you want, and you are 100% competent and capable to deal with the consequences that follow. 
And I think that's the hard part is when then someone comes to you and you feel, I did that check. Yeah. I, I was in alignment yeah. and I move forward. And then someone comes to you and says how it makes them feel. Yeah. And not get defensive about it. Yeah. Because. Be curious about it. Because the immediate reaction is, but about me, but about me, yeah. but about me. And in really instead, again, this is almost those two things can be true. This was true for me. Yeah. And I recognize it doesn't feel good for you and right. have compassion for that, yeah. but not necessarily need to fix it or apologize for yeah. it. Yeah. And let someone sit in their feelings about it. Um, I, I think for me, there's that, you know, inner, my, my deep core inner fear is about being alone in the world. And so mm -hmm. when someone is hurt, even unintentionally by my living in alignment with what I'm looking mm -hmm. for in life, that fear rises up, mm -hmm, it triggers that, which is what creates that defensive reaction mm -hmm. from me. Well, yeah, for sure. I think that's beautiful. I think if we could... I, but that ties right in with this curiosity message. Like <laughs> if we could really embrace having fun with curiosity, our propensity and natural inclination to be defensive would start to diminish. I think the other side of that for me is uh, we live in, in my opinion, we live in a culture, community, society based on achieving and oh, yeah. succeeding. Um, and so well, CPA, yeah, well, how do, that. You, how do you let go of that and <laughs> allow yourself to be curious? Cause curious may look like we have defined failure. So how do we redefine that Yeah, and have curiosity be a measure of success? And how do we teach that again for me as a mom? How do I teach that to my child while recognizing how our culture, society mm -hmm. works yeah. um, and, and the skills you need to quote unquote, be successful in the world? Well, yeah. And that's, that's defined at a really early age. And I think that is what starts to stamp out curiosity. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, our little kids, it's like, go be whoever you want and, you know, wear your purple tutu and your, you know, diamond tiara and take your little twinkle wand with you to school. But when you start getting to be about eight years old, you got to stop that. But we still need to go to school and but you need to focus right. in school and but you need to get to the next grade and but you need to do. Ugh. There's so many rules. We think that so we're being many. open. Yeah. Are we? No. Or are we using the letting them wear a purple tutu to school as a way to make ourselves feel like we're allowing them to embrace yeah. that curiosity while really yeah. squashing it out? With squashing it. <laughs> That's what I think, man, it's like, I just picture that like we're just crushing, you know, crushing our children's very spirits when we start to unknowingly, not maliciously, unknowingly adopt um the standards of success that have been defined and drilled into us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The, you know, well, we want you to be successful. So that means you got to do this and you've got to do all of these, you know, 89 extracurricular activities. So we can never have dinner together as a family because one parent is over here and the other parents over here. And then we're making sure that you're going to get into a great school and you're going to get, you know, a great job after that. And you're, it's just, um, it starts way too early and it's really heartbreaking in my opinion. Yeah, it's extremely heartbreaking for me uh, personally. Um, you know, there's also an aspect of my life, which is my daughter's story. And there's an aspect which is mine to own mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. as a mom. Uh, it's a really important job for me being a mom. Um, and my daughter uh, has, I believe, been sent to me to teach me some lessons about how our world works. Because yeah. from a very early age, a school is not her natural place. Uh, mm. She has a lot of challenges. Um, she has some um, some diagnosis that create these challenges. But it was yeah. a 10-year path to get yeah. that information. Uh -huh. And so along the way, you feel like it, what it does is it, it again triggers that inner fear. Like, yeah. because we've been taught what success means. Yeah. So if they're not keeping up, if they're not measuring up, what ends mm -hmm. up happening, what ended up happening for me as a mom is, 
okay, I am resourceful. I am resilient. I am an intelligent woman. I am capable to solve this problem. I am going to make a spreadsheet. I am going to call it backup. I am going to get the resources. Here's your numbers line, right? And then you like call in the resources and you get the help and you hire the people and you do all of the things. And then it's like, oh, wait, that didn't work. Okay. We're going to regroup. No. We're going to regroup right. here. I am resourceful. I am resilient. I am intelligent. I got this. Everything is figure outable. I will find right. a solution. I'm going to pull the internet. I am going to Google. I got this. Okay. <sighs> Re-energized, refreshed. Yeah. I'm ready for battle. Oh, wait, none of that worked. No, right. And you repeat this cycle until you start to feel like maybe you're failing mm. instead of seeing oh, wait, maybe maybe this isn't how we should be approaching yeah. our children or mothering, or maybe yeah. I actually need to just let go of fixing things mm-hmm. and yes, solving exactly. every problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think um, that's such a, um, that's such a, a tightrope. Right, because you want to fix because you love, because you because you want nothing but the best. And you also want to teach ownership and agency over your life. <laughs> like, but again, then it causes you to start checking your belief system. Well, yeah. why am I teaching personal responsibility? Because we have deemed that an important quality. But mm-hmm. how do we define personal responsibility? Is that always applicable? Is yeah. that always the right measure? Or I am trying to fix things because I believe she won't be successful if I don't. Because yeah. these are the measures of success. She That's is right. not achieving those. She is not on schedule. She is not on track. And mm-hmm. then what you're really projecting is the one thing that you don't want to project to your kid you are not good enough as you are. That's right. But but that's what's this, that's the message from society from all sides is you are not good enough because we are told we are separated. We're labeled, we're identified, we're separated into groups. Think about this. It's even this is another thing I hate going back to things I hate. I'm actually writing this like little like I don't know, like bathroom break book. I love it. <laughs> things I, I love hate, it. you know. Um because it gives me a place to put it and not be frustrated mm. about it. But Things I hate, um, the gifted program, Mm. because what does that, what is the underlying assumption of the gifted program that not everybody is gifted? Right. (laughs) Well, and I think it doesn't matter whether you're being gifted or whether you're not, you now have a label that you have to live up to for the rest of your life. Yeah. But I'm like, what, why aren't we saying that every, every person has a unique gift to offer that might not be 135 IQ points, right? right? That might be something different, but we're measuring gifted as having a minimum 130 IQ. That's that's how right. we're measuring that. Who says right. that's gifted? We Well, we did. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, or you can be very gifted, but maybe, you know, maybe school is not your place to right. demonstrate them because maybe right. the, the, the schedule, the framework of that, um, you know, it was, it was designed for kind of this, the average, meaning mm-hmm. the, the mid that captures mm-hmm. most of the people. And That's if your brain right. thinks differently, yeah. if, your energy is different. Um, you just don't fit in the curve in the right place. Right. And then it defines you as not measuring up. And right. then we're asking our children to later heal from that yeah. because we send them to this place for 10, 12, 16 years or more, depending. And I think many of us adults, uh, I know for me, have done had to heal from that system and what we yeah. pick up from that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let me ask you a question because you, for you, there's, I'm curious about the dichotomy of your thinking because you are, uh, you seem to be, well, maybe it's not dichotomous. Maybe it's, maybe it's aligned. So you seem to be very analytical and, um, have some, kind of abstract thinking, yet you live in a very concrete sense-making world of numbers. 
So mm-hmm. is that, am I getting that right about you? Yeah. And I am really, so I'm a CPA and I am horrible at numbers. Um, I'm not good at math. I don't like numbers. I didn't like math. I don't like them. But the way, the thing that I bring to it is my analytical skills are, I I feel one of my my strongest assets. I sense that too. So when I sit down to do accounting, I use this analogy. I'm organizing my closet. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I go in my closet and I decide what the strategy is. There are a few different strategies we can employ in our closet. So side note, if you're looking to organize your closet, here's some tips. Um, <laughs> you can hang your pants together and you can put all the jeans together and all That's the flax together. Yeah. Then we could put the blouses together, the sweaters, the yeah. jackets. Uh, you do by color. Yes. And then the dresses. And then we can do by pattern and color. Right. We can put the summer, spring on the left and the winter, fall on the right. Or we can just have a seasonless closet. We could really organize this in so many ways. Accounting is the same. Same with your personal budgeting. You make money. Okay. So we group it just like our pants, shirts, blouses. Money comes in, group it by the sources. We then spend money and then we're just grouping it like jeans, slacks, blouses. Instead, it's, uh, Meals, dining, groceries, advertising, office supplies. We're yeah. just finding little grouping Ways systems group. yeah. and then we're putting like things together. And then why do we organize our closet? Because it lets us know what we have. It helps us feel like I can visually understand what I own, how to put the outfits together. It becomes yeah. more efficient to get ready in the morning. Yeah. It saves space. Similarly, our numbers are giving us some kind of information. They are allowing us to see, am I on track for that goal? Um, Can I do this other decision? Is now the right time for this? And so all we're doing is making sense out of things so that we have information to support our -hmm. decision making or break down belief systems and fears that we are facing. Um, maybe what are are some of the lies that we as women believe about money? I'm not good at it. (laughs) That's the number one. Wait, wait, is that a lie or a truth? Cause I kind of feel like that's a a lie. (laughs) That's a lie. And it is the number one I hear from women. Not good at money. I'm not good at this. I don't understand it. I'm not good at this. I need someone to help me. I need someone to do this for me. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, girl, you're like all up in my head because I've always said, if somebody could just take my money and tell me what I can and can't do with it. (laughs) I do that all the time. So uh, because I hear that so much, I like to point out that there is a difference between um, delication and abdication. Oh, good. All right. All right. Tell us. All for delegating or outsourcing, which means... Um, the best way to delegate and outsource something is when you know how it works. That's when you're ready to delegate and outsource. Okay. So if, all right, see, all you're, you're okay. But when you're, you hire you're someone. You're making me confront myself here because <laughs> I like to abdicate, I think, because yeah. I don't, I'm, here's what I say. I'm like, I don't have enough like bandwidth for that right now. Like I I need to focus on my stuff. And so if I can get somebody else to focus on that for me, but you're saying that's fine as long as I understand it first, because I'm still driving the ship. Exactly. The responsibility always lies with you. So if you abdicate, you don't know if you've hired someone qualified. If you abdicated, you don't know if you've hired someone trustworthy just because you, three other people said that doesn't mean this person understands you, your vision, your values, and your goals. When you delegate, you can get information back and then say, I'm looking at this and I'm wondering about, yeah. uh, how does this work? What does this mean? What is this telling me? And you can really cultivate a deep understanding of the information. When you abdicate, all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on all your financial fear. 
it is never going away because you're not facing it. You're hiding. Like piercing me all over. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's really good. And I think that this is, as you mentioned, this is the biggest lie as women we tell ourselves about money is that we're just, I just don't know how it works. I'm just not very good at it. I don't know enough about it. And finances, whether in your personal life, in a business life, it's a learned skill. Right, right. It's not a gifting. It's a skill. Well, maybe to some people, maybe to to savants, there's a gifting with numbers. Maybe in that sense, but we don't need that. I mean, I I also, the reason that I'm very open about the fact that I don't love math and numbers is Mm -hmm. because um, you don't need anything more than eighth grade math to get through your finances at that. This is not calculus. This is not fancy. It is, it's not about math. Yeah. It's about just an understanding and a relationship. And and by relationship, I mean, we have a relationship with our money, but the relationship between income, expenses, yeah. the, the inflow, right. the outflow, right. how it operates. Well, so you're reminding me, I had, um, so in grad school, and I, I'm sure you did too, but in grad school, I had so many classes of statistics, like from undergrad to grad. Like right. I probably right. took- 10 classes in stats. And I'll never forget at the undergrad level, I had a professor, she worked for the U.S. Census Bureau. Right. And, um, she, she was brilliant, you know, she was brilliant, but she made us learn every statistical procedure. So like T-tests. Right. That I remember those. By hand. Yes. Because she wanted us to understand conceptually what those alphas and what those results were saying. You know, when I say I have 95% confidence that it, you know, this is 80% statistically significant, what does that mean? And how did you figure that out? I think, and so there's certainly, um, we're certainly capable of learning that. I think it's about the, I, I don't think it's necessarily about believing a lie for myself that I'm not capable. I think it's like, I don't want to be. I think it's discomfort <laughs> and it's fear yeah. and it's scary. Yeah. So oh, it me, is. I, if I look at the numbers, then, ooh, what am I going to see? I don't want to see that. Yes. And so I want to let you know, um, we all feel that. And yeah. for me, I think about it. Um, I don't like stepping on the scale. I don't like to know oh, okay. how much I weigh. It's always been a source of discomfort when I go to the doctor and they say I have to step on it. I close my eyes. I turn around and I say, please do not say this number out loud. Oh my gosh, girl, you're my sister. I do the same thing. Why? It's information about me. And it's actually something I'm I'm embracing this as part of my health and wellness journey because a friend of mine was like, this is the same as how you support women on money. It's just information. Yeah, it doesn't define you. Um, And so for me, that's my area of like, I get that. And our money doesn't define us, but we can't decide how to make changes and what decisions are needed if we don't look at the information. So this is particularly relevant, Katie, to what people are going through right now, what, what people are facing. So I wonder if you can speak to some of the women listening who are who are really um, probably in situations right now where they're not looking at it because it is terrifying right now, because I don't know where the next mortgage payment is coming mm-hmm. from, or I don't know where the next car payment or where I'm going to get money to go buy groceries. Like, can you speak to them a little bit? Yeah, I think that that is is terrifying because we're in uncertain times. Mm -hmm. And so with money, I think that it's always important that we we do the mind work as well as the action work. Mm -hmm. So the mind work is that for me, what I find is when we're avoiding looking at those numbers, when we're feeling uncomfortable and we're kind of in that panic of, you don't understand, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't yeah. either. I don't have the answer and I can't, can't fix all of that and make yeah. it necessarily different. But what we can do is at least start by journaling around those fears, 
Yeah. Because we want to know what is coming up. What yeah. is that deepest inside fear? Yes. So three and, minutes and ago. Why would you say, I know why I would say, but why would you say that's important to uncover? Uh, because it leads to sabotage. Yeah. When we stay with our fears, we just continue in what I would call a downward emotional spiral. And mm -hmm. and if we don't acknowledge them and we just let them like, ah, have the like field day right. behind us, right. they just suck us into negativity yes, that keeps you. us down. When mm -hmm. we acknowledge them and can say, I hear you, I see you, I understand, I'm feeling afraid. Yeah. Now, what is really true? What lies ahead of me? What can I actually do? Like, what is in my circle of control? Mm -hmm. Then I feel our energy lifts to yeah. higher, more confident places. So for me, um, my lifelong fear, no matter what financial place I was in in life, was that I was going to be a homeless bag lady living under a bit bridge. You're kidding me. No, it's actually a fairly, I didn't know this at the time. It's fairly common. I know. I really like me yeah. because I'm like, I'm going to like, a, that has been a fear, a thread throughout my whole life. Not the bag lady thing, but like, I'm going to be alone and homeless or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like paralyzing. I would stay up at night. I was legitimately, this wasn't an exaggeration. People would laugh at me, but I was like, no. I'm legitimately afraid I'm going to lose my business and wake up tomorrow pushing a shopping cart under a bridge and, and wow. sleeping outside. And, and I bet you visualized that too, didn't you? I could feel it. Oh my goodness. And then one day I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I have a family. Right. I have parents, siblings, <laughs> I have friends. So how did I go from here? <laughs> How did I get there? Bridge. Like, were there no stops right. in between <laughs> my life and and the shopping cart? And why is no one visiting me? Girl, like, that's the title of a book. <laughs> my life and the shopping cart. Like, how did I get here? Yeah. And that's when, if we could have that realization with our right. fears, right. it helps us laugh at them. So we can be like... Yeah. Okay, like in my worst, 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 worst right. case scenario, right. I might be a shopping cart lady under a bridge. Okay, so now a lot of space between here and there. Right. So <laughs> right. what can I do today? Right, right. Yeah. What is step one? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so what? Yeah, so just I love that journaling about your feelings and what is step one? I mean, and step one might be like, I don't know, cancel cable or mm -hmm. step one can be cancel cable. Step one can be, what are all these auto debits on my account? Right. Um, that we forget about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Step one is, can I actually eat from my refrigerator and pantry for a week? Yes. Um, and even yeah. if, if it's not delicious, could I survive that way? Yes. I could. I got some pinto beans. <laughs> some spaghetti some beans. Fried beans. Yeah, girl. I mean, yeah. I actually did that a few years ago. I decided I wasn't going to go grocery shopping until everything in my pantry and fridge was gone. It was hard, but I, I did it almost, almost all the way. I've um, done it too, just kind of as like a fun challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it, it amazes you what's in those deep, dark recesses that you bought that you're not really a big fan of. Yeah. And I think too, like not only um, deciding what you can do with your resources, but educating yourself about the resources that are available to you. I had a friend yeah. who um, posted something about um, going to a food bank, you know, to get food. And I was like, that is incredible because it wasn't just dented cans. Like it was like produce and meat. And so, I mean, there are a lot of resources available mm -hmm. uh, right now. So be, be aware, attuned to not only the resources you have, but the resources that are available to you. And I think step one, when we start to recognize that again in our energy lifts, mm -hmm. um, we can be open to receiving those. So I yes. am someone who has gotten food from a food bank at a time yeah. in my life. Um, yeah. And it takes a lot of, uh, for me, that was a very brave decision to mm -hmm. acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's easier to stay stuck in our fears because that's a more comfortable place for us. And it's very uncomfortable to drive your car to a food bank and to show your ID and to sign right. the sign-in sheet and to have someone look at you with love, but uh, 
It's and you fear they're looking at you with pity mm-hmm. or judgment. Yeah. And to accept and receive the generosity that yes, that is available. This is a theme. I just talked about this on uh, episode 30 with Lisa Martinez. So good. We were talking about like just how painful it is to really receive. Yes. It is so, boy, it's great to give. Like, I want to be like Oprah and give everybody a car, but don't try to give me something because then I feel indebted. I feel ashamed. There's a lot of lies that go along with being on the receiving end of help. And that actually is a lot of the lies and beliefs we have around money too. Um, You know, some may be uh, another interesting lie that um, it comes up is what if you outshine friends or family? Mm -hmm. Again, it comes back to that need for belonging in our community. And so some people look successful, but are actually doing a really great job at sabotaging it and keeping themselves stuck in a cycle Mm -hmm. um, of not saving or making money and losing money, making money and losing money, um, making money, racking up debt, paying off the debt, recreating the debt. Um, And what is really that cycle about? There's something more painful at a deeper level that Mm -hmm. keeps us in these cycles in our life. And so we each have our own cycles. Yeah. But when we can identify what is at the root of our pattern, what that emotional need is, we can find some healthier ways to meet our emotional needs than sabotaging our money. Yeah. That's that's such good wisdom. Thank you so much for that, Katie. So listen, we're, we've are we got like maybe like five minutes or so left. So I want to make sure to give you an opportunity to tell us exactly what you do and how people like who are the women or that you serve. And, um, you know, maybe she's listening right now and she wants to learn more and she wants to reach out to you. So what is that? What is a, rela- a relationship about money with you look like? Wow, what a big question for just a few <laughs> moments. <Woo>! I know. <laughs> My brain doesn't know what to do with that. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So You're I welcome. am a, a CPA and I help individuals and small business owners with their accounting and taxes. Um, that, you know, that's a pretty straightforward thing that I do. But uh, the core of my work and the passion of my work is helping women, helping women, small business owners, um, really understand and deepen their financial knowledge and really create a healthy relationship and understanding with money. So they walk away feeling empowered and confident and not like I can do it. That's a great feeling. But if I can't do it, I have somebody that is going to hold my hand and explain this to me. Um, And so I really look to be a loving and supportive partner on the financial journey, both again with business and personal finances, understanding everything from that budget to is this deductible on my tax return? How do I keep track of this? How do I get started? Uh, You know, some of the biggest fears are, I need to get organized first. I can't let anybody see this mess. Um, no. Yeah. If you are feeling that Here's way. There's my shoebox of receipts crumpled up. Then it's time to email me. It's time to call me. And we will find step one together because the only way to find that is to receive the support that is yeah. available because there's no need for you to be trying to recreate the wheel and come up with the new system to get organized when I do that all day, every day right. with thousands of business owners and women um, all across the world. So kick the shame out of the way yeah, and give you a call, connect with you. How do they do that? What's the best way? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Facebook with my name, Katie Mangeli, and send me a message, send me a friend request. We'll connect. Um, feel free to let me know that you heard me here with Dr. Sherry. Uh, you can also email me, um, Katie at monarchcpas.com. I'm sure we can post that in a comment. Um, those are the best ways to reach out to me. And your website is monarchcpas.com. Yes, it is. <clears throat> okay. We will definitely, excuse me. We'll definitely include those links in the show notes for everyone. So, um, 
I'm, you know, I'm really blown away. I really liked the, the theme that I took away is you, you help, you don't help, you encourage women to create and not abdicate. Yes. I think that's your new t-shirt, my friend. Yes. Create. How about collaborate, don't abdicate? Oh, I like, oh, that's better, better, better. <laughs> yes. See, better together. Yes. Yes. Collaborate, not abdicate. Okay. All right. I can go with that. Um, maybe we'll call the episode collaborate. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. So cute. <laughs> so, hey, Katie, one of the things that I ask every single guest on the show as we close out is if there is one truth that you would want the women listening to remember after today's conversation ends, what would that be? Mm. I think the theme of our conversation and the one truth I want you to take away is we can have fun being curious in all areas of our life. And so I would challenge you to have fun getting curious in your finances. Ooh, I love it. Truth and challenge. Mm -hmm. It's like truth or dare. Truth (laughs) Truth and dare. I like both. Love it. Love it. All right, my friend, thank you so much for joining me today. It's, oh, wait, I've got another question for you. Um, The tax deadlines have been extended. Correct. So typically April has been like your crazy time, right? Yes. April is usually a crazy time with tax deadlines. So how's this impacting you? Is it now going to be July or are still people trying to get it done now? Oh, so this year it's just tax day every day. So I, <laughs> I am located in Virginia, who I is one of the handful of states that decided to not extend the deadline. So if you live in Virginia, your taxes are due on May 1st. But if you live in a lot of other places, they're due July 15th. But if you're getting a refund, you should do it on April 15th. Oh and if you owe money, you should do it July 15th or maybe extend until October 15th. So how about you just reach out and we figure out your custom deadline? <laughs> How are we supposed to know all this? We have Katie. What a dynamite conversation and super fun and informative with my friend Katie. I hope you all were encouraged just as I was. And hey, listen, have you ever asked yourself that question? Whatever you're picturing yourself as, if it's as the bag lady under the bridge with the shopping cart like Katie, like just remind yourself that there's a lot of steps between here and and there. Just remember that truth today. Hey, be sure to connect with Katie on Facebook and check out her website, monarchcpas.com. We'll include those links in the show notes for you. And please do click five stars if you've enjoyed the show today. And feel free to write a review for Katie and her episode. And we'd love for you to share this with a friend. I'm so grateful for your listening support and your encouragement. I hear from so many of you all the time about how encouraged you are by the guests that we have on the show. So I'm really grateful to you and I hope that you will continue to tune in every Sunday. Hey, listen, next Sunday, May 10th is Mother's Day, May 10th, 2020. And we are in for a special treat, y'all. I'm going to be interviewing my very own mother. Oh, y'all aren't going to want to miss this. Who is this brilliant, amazing woman? this crazy quirky person in Dr. Sherry. We'll see you next week right here on Thriving Thoughts. And remember to speak truth over the lies so you can thrive in any and every circumstance.